You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Real estate can be a gold mine if you dig in the right places and don't get caught off guard by something like a recession. Many people didn't see the Great Recession coming and lost everything. However, some people did see it and positioned themselves properly to profit from it. How did they do that? I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. Today's guest was one of those people who did not see the mortgage meltdown coming and got hit hard by the Great Recession. He was ready to exit real estate forever and didn't even want to have a mortgage on his primary residence after that. Thinking that the stock market could provide a good investing alternative, he started listening to investment podcasts to educate himself and somehow stumbled on The Real Well Show. He avoided listening to it for a while because it was real estate related. But once he started listening, he says he realized that real estate still stands head and shoulders above any other kind of investment, if you do it right. He is now well on his way to the gold mine he'd hoped to find more than 10 years ago. But now he's armed with the right tools on how to buy the right properties in the best areas. I'm delighted to welcome David onto The Real Well Show today. So, David, welcome to The Real Well Show. Thank you, Kathy. So, you have got a story to tell. How did you get started in real estate? Well, many years ago, before the economy happened, I live in Las Vegas. I've lived here for the past 19 years and was only partially educated, or maybe I wanted to ignore some things with what I was doing, but I was buying properties and I had a few properties and it was all based on appreciation, uh, not paying attention to positive cash flow. The properties actually were negative cash flow each month. I was funding somebody to live there with Mm -hmm. the expectation and in a year I'd be able to sell that house and reap the equity. And that works great until it doesn't. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of people, I'm sure back in that day and time, I kind of got caught shorthanded and so had a pretty bad experience getting out of that mess that I self-inflicted wounds that I got myself into. Yeah, you were not alone. That was how people were doing business. Cash flow Mm -hmm. was was basically negative back then because prices were so high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And after that, I swore off ever borrowing money again and swore off anything other than, you know, if I had a personal property to live in, that was the extent of me and real estate. Fast forward a while, once I got out of my financial problems and paid everybody off and dealt with all the aftershocks of my bad decisions. Uh, Once I dug myself out of that hole, I realized I had some positive cash flow each month, right? And I started educating myself initially in the stock market because the question was, well, what do I do with this money now that I'm not paying everybody and their brother off to get out of my problems that happened? So started researching the stock market And the deeper I got into it, the more I realized I want nothing to do with the stock market. And again, I was totally not wanting to think about real estate. And actually, the podcast that I was listening to about stock market investing, your face popped up as a suggestion. And I ignored that for about three months and then finally (laughs) clicked on it. And then all the reasons... (laughs) <laughs> all the reasons why I wasn't interested in the in the stock market and doing something investing wise on Wall Street, all the reasons I didn't want that on the flip side of the coin, everything you were saying and helped me get educated on made all the sense in the world. And so that's kind of how I got into where I am today. 
Oh, well, I, I don't know why my face popped up. I, that's funny. It was they make recommendations of similar type podcasts. If you subscribe to one Got podcast, it. they'll give you other recommendations. Oh, I'm so glad. So what have you since learned and what, what have you been doing? Well, the past, let's say, starting in June, I've toured a lot of the turnkey providers that Real Wealth Network suggests. And I spent a week, did a pretty big tour of the Midwest, hit Birmingham, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Huntsville, Montgomery, and a separate trip I visited Detroit. So spent the time getting to know those folks on the ground in those different markets and just going to the markets and getting a flavor for it, right? You can only learn so much online. So went there and and met the providers, saw the type of properties and really got a good feel of those areas. Again, what you what you hear on a podcast about what the benefits of a city or the positives of a city is one thing, but then hitting the ground and visiting it really helped cement things and steered me in the direction that I wanted to go. I, I feel like if I didn't visit those towns myself, I think I'd still be sitting on the fence trying to figure out what am I going to do? Where am I going to invest first? So that really helped me understand those markets and take the next steps. Oh, it's so important, isn't it? You know, we have preconceived ideas about what some markets look like based on old news, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, but so many cities today have transformed. Cleveland was the mistake on the lake and it is now uh, like a health center. I mean, it's it's got so many hospitals downtown and university, medical universities and healthy food that you could never have found even just a few years ago. So yeah, you just can't base your opinion on old data. You have to go and see for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask then, what next? Have you pulled the trigger? Yes. Currently, my wife and I have five turnkey properties that we've bought in the past couple months. Um, We're settling into establishing the LLCs. So that's a, a work in progress. All the paperwork's flowing and taking care of those administrative type things. And the plan is, you know, let's get our LLCs in place, our bank accounts all in the LLC name. And once that settles down two, three months down the road, figure out the next steps on what the next steps could be. Wow, you did jump in. So what feels different or what is different this time around versus when you, I mean, obviously, besides the negative cash flow? (laughs) (laughs) That's the big part. I think just having the confidence of, you know, it, it seems like 10 years ago, investing in another state seemed very far fetched, right? It seemed big and scary. And uh, how do you do that, right? But these days with the internet and, you know, you can get anywhere in three hours on a plane in the U.S., I think that 10 years ago versus today, the whole landscape with real estate investing and investing out of town is very feasible and, and within reach. I live in Las Vegas right now, and the opportunities for me to invest in Las Vegas are not here. You know, maybe five, six years ago, would have been a different story, but five, six years ago, I didn't have access to capital and I didn't know enough to call family and friends and figure out how to go buy these houses that were very economical five, six years ago. Didn't have that education or that mindset five, six years ago to do it. So as you go through, one of the big things that I kind of got my head around in the past six or seven months was you keep hearing about, you know, what's your personal investment philosophy? You know, what is it that you're trying to to obtain. And, you know, a year ago it was, well, yeah, I just want, I want cash flow. I want to build wealth. 
took me a while to understand what I'm really trying to do is take this cash that I have and if I'm making X percent on my cash year after year, that's where my happy spot is. In each person, it's different. But the concept of having a personal investment philosophy, I didn't have a personal investment philosophy even a year ago until I kind of started running pro formas and getting educated on what I could buy in a market and what a rent could be expected and you know property management fees. Until I saw it on paper, I really couldn't formulate what I was trying to do. And my big focus, obviously, is cash on cash return. It's not a short-term play. So I know in five, 10 years, there will be some appreciation or even if it's minimal, I know in five, 10 years in these markets, there will be some positive appreciation, but it's really just a cherry on top. The numbers have to make sense to me as I'm going into it today with a cash on cash return. And what are some of the parameters you look at? I mean, when do you know to toss out a possible deal? You know, the numbers on paper are one thing. Just going to a city and getting a feel for the city, I don't know if I can, you know, some of it's intangible, some of it is tangible on paper. If it's a city that has jobs coming in, you know, the neighborhood selection, a B neighborhood, a C neighborhood is different from one market to the other. So I think the starting point is the math on paper. And then what takes me to the next step is actually having been to that market or making a trip to that market to see what it feels like. You know, does it feel like there's an energy in the city and do you see construction going on? Do you drive around the neighborhoods and every couple streets, you see somebody remodeling the house, all that intangible stuff is step two. The first step is on paper. The second step is visiting and seeing if you feel that and if it makes sense from being on the ground. Great tips. Now, before you said that when you found real estate, it was the opposite of the ways that you were disillusioned with the stock market. And what specifically did you mean by that? You know, the thing with the stock market you could have a, you know, whatever stock that's appreciating or 10% appreciation in a year or 15 or whatever that number is, but you can't do anything with that appreciation unless you sell that asset. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get rid of that stock to put that cash in your pocket to go live your life or do whatever you're doing with it. So with real estate, cash on cash, the 10% return, you're getting that in your pocket each year. And you can do something with that. You don't have to go sell that house to recognize that percentage return on your money as opposed to the stock market. I can't do anything with the stock market if it's great. My stock is appreciated 30%, Mm -hmm. but for me to do something with it, I've got to sell it, pay the capital gains. And then I've lost that asset that is appreciating, which is totally different than owning a single family property. And each year you're getting cash on cash and you don't have to dispose of that asset, it keeps coming in month to month. Mm, That's a great point. Plus all the tax benefits and you can insure it and yeah, Mm -hmm. so many good things. All right. Well, any last tips for our members who are maybe new to investing and just afraid to move forward? I think, you know, with anything like anything else, there's always little speed bumps. Just knowing that if you tie a property up, if you're so tight with what your reserve money is or your cash flow and you can't afford it sitting vacant for one month, it's going to upset your apple cart. Maybe you wait a little bit till you build up some reserves. There are going to be hiccups that happen and focusing on not 
next month or next year, but focusing on 10 years down the road on what that asset could do for you. It's not a short-term gain. It's a longer-term gain. And if you're really focused on next month and next year, every little hiccup, I think, is going to drive you crazy. So just thinking about the the big picture and what you're trying to do. You know, I as part of my philosophy, you know, I used to think retirement or not working my day job so hard meant that I had this big ball of money sitting aside that I draw from. And that's not really the case. It's really, what do I have in place that's giving me, you know, 3000 bucks a year here, 8000 bucks here, all these different income streams, as opposed to having a really big ball of money or, you know, tons of gold in the bank. It's having those multiple small income streams coming in to get you to the dollar amount that you need to live your life how you want to live it. Really good stuff. So what is in your future then? What's the big picture for you? <laughs> well, the next couple of months, it's just settling into these first five. And then is it still single family residences going forward? Most likely, I know that I've seen some things from Real Wealth about potentially investing in multifamily, which is intriguing. So just keeping an open mind on what's out there across the US on where the best returns and the best use of my money could be over the next couple of months in order to figure out that next step. Mm, Perfect. Do you have any concerns about having to go through that down market again? We're at the top of a long expansion. Nobody wants to go through that again. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts, Kathy, are rents won't disappear overnight. Rents won't take a 30% hit overnight. Mm -hmm. So if I'm into the property and I have positive cash flow, my number one risk I feel like is vacancy, right? And my second risk is rents going lower, rents going backwards or rents going the other way. So if my house property, you know, on paper takes a hit, you know, for three or four years, 10, 15 years down the road, I know it's going to come back. So as long as rents aren't going negative growth each year, which if it does, it's going to be very incremental. So having enough equity in the house initially that if rents drop 15% over the time frame, that I'm still positive cash flow, that's how I think about it. Sure, there's going to be a, a financial hiccup. Is it going to hit every housing market? Who knows? But if it does, I feel like I can take a, a hit on rents if they mm-hmm. depreciate, you know, if they go down 15, 20% over the course of three or four years, I could still weather that knowing that, you know, 10, 15 years away over the long haul, they're not going to be down consistently every year over the long haul. Yeah, great, great point. Plus, we know that there's lots more renters coming into the market than home buyers. Just over the last 10 years, there was about 25 million more Americans. And out of that group, or or I should say, we saw a 24 million increase in renters and only about 750,000 new buyers. So there's, you know, with with so much debt. Yeah, Yeah. it's terrible. It's scary. So um, it's very, very sad for a lot of people who won't be building wealth through real estate. Hopefully we can keep teaching them how, but in the meantime, there's going to be a huge demand for renters for the next decade. Yeah, that was a when you posted that, I thought that was pretty amazing. That those numbers, right? And you got to think like a lot of people that are you know twenty years old, thirty years old, 
you know, they lived through seeing their parents and their loved ones having problems 10, 12 years ago because of the economy. You know, how many people are sitting on the sidelines because, man, I don't want to go through what my parents did. How many are sitting on the sidelines for financial reasons? How many are sitting on the sidelines because they did have a blip on their credit report and they're only now getting back above water and, and could go get financing? So very interesting statistics as well that you've put out there that I thought were intriguing that lends itself to continuing to invest in real estate, even knowing that very good chance that the economy is going to have a little bumpy period in the next three, four years. I was shocked myself. I was at IMN single family conference and one of the big hedge fund managers there said that. And I thought, how how have I not heard that stat? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm up on everything. I was shocked. I knew that there was about 25 million more Americans in the U.S. than, you know, since the last recession. But I didn't know that the bulk of those people are renters. It makes sense. It makes sense. But right. uh, with the lack of new builds happening and the, the growth in the population and job growth and wage growth, there's going to be a lot more household formation and those households will most likely be renters. Okay. Well, David, it's really been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom here. All right, Kathy, thank you very much. And thanks for all the great stuff you put out there. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. All right, take care. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. I hope to see you live at our Jacksonville, Florida event on February 8th, where 14 companies from different metros around the country will come and show us what's going on in their cities, where the job growth is, where the rental demand is, and how they can help you buy either a brand new home in the path of progress or a fully renovated home that meets our real income standards and make great rental properties. So again, you can check that out at realwealthshow.com. Hope to see you there. Bye-bye.